It's our desire as we lift you up. You are Emmanuel, God with us. We think of your tremendous gift in your Son Jesus to us that gives us hope that we can declare all is well, all shall be well because of you. Lord, it's you that we gather to lift up and worship today. It's you that we want to hear from. And Lord, we don't just want to hear things. Lord, would you stir us to the point of action to obedience to what you're saying. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, as I said, it's great having our kids with us and worship again today. All month long they've been with us. It's, it's exciting to have you here. And so, kids, I, I'm going to have you help me. Remember, at the beginning of December, you were my helpers when we talked about a story of Joshua the little lamb and Joshua's friend Abigail. What kind of animal was Abigail? Anybody remember? Yell, yell it out. Cow. Very good. It was, a, it was a cow. Well, I'm going to need your help today in drawing some pictures. And so to do that, you're going to need to have a bulletin. So it, it, kids, if you're here today and you don't have a bulletin in your hand, stand up. Stand up. And we have some ushers who will bring a bulletin to you. Does all of our kids have a bulletin? Very good. Stand up. Wave your hand if you need one. Right, right over here. There you go. Some over here. Very good. I'm going to let you decide if you're a kid, so if you feel like you're a big kid, then you just go ahead and do that. Maybe your mom or dad may stand up. That's fine. If you need a writing utensil, our ushers will help you get one. But in a few minutes, um, I'm going to have you help draw some pictures, and we'll put some of those on the screen together. We want to see what it is you're drawing. If you want to show it to us, we'd love to see that. This Christmas Sunday, and Sunday before Christmas, I would like us to look at the Christmas story together. I want to start reading from Luke, chapter 1, verse 26, and then we'll kind of paraphrase this story that's so familiar to us. Luke, chapter 1, 26, we find these words. In the sixth month, God had sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin place pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. And then the the passage goes on, and we find Mary struggling with some questions. She asks, how could this be? I am a virgin. I've never known a man. And yet the angel then explains in the next couple of verses that the Spirit of God will visit her and the power of God will rest upon her and she will conceive a child, a holy child. And he will be called Jesus. And then we find Luke's Gospel and and Matthew's Gospel. They come together and they weave together this real-life account of the Christmas story. We find out that there were shepherds. And the shepherds heard this divine announcement that something very important was going to happen in Bethlehem. So they went to see this Christ child. And and as we think of the Christmas story, we hear the Christmas story, we, we then think of the wise men. But unlike many of the 
Christmas pageants we see on TV or the nativities that we see set up around us, either at, at stores or even in our homes, when we find the shepherds and the wise men together, that probably never happened like that. The shepherds would have come the night that Jesus was born, but the wise men, these astrologers, these magi, they're very mysterious in their background. We don't know everything about them, but they probably came for what we know now as Iran. They came following a star. They came to Jerusalem. And they asked around, asking these questions, where is he, the one to be born, the king of the Jews? Now, as these magi, these astrologers, these wise men came into town, were asking all these questions, it wouldn't have been the very night that Christ was born. It would have been some time after. It stirred everybody up. When they began to hear these questions, it, it, it raised some, some anxiety. It raised some excitement. What, what do you mean, this one who is born to be the king of the Jews? Is this the prophecy being fulfilled? We have to remember that at this time, they had not seen any word from heaven. Since Malachi had completed his prophecy, there had been 400 years of silence. No word from heaven. No new prophet. No announcements until now. No divinely inspired messages that we know of. So these wise men, these astrologers, these magi, they, they find their way to King Herod. Now, now King Herod was, was a half-Jew. He was not real popular among the Jewish community. He was an, an evil king, a wicked king, a cruel king at many times. And, and they did not receive him. And, and here these magi, these wise men, these astrologers, found their way to King Herod and said, Where is he that will be born the king of the Jews. Can you imagine King Herod, as, as we see his response, we can just imagine his attitude. King of the Jews. I, King Herod, am the king of the Jews. Oh, but go find him. And when you find this baby who's to be born the king of the Jews, would you tell me about him and tell me how to get him? I too want to come worship him. Though he had no intent of worshiping him. He wanted to get rid of him. He wanted to eliminate the threat to his power. He was this cruel leader who had other thoughts. Now traditionally we think of the wise men as, as three wise men, though biblically we don't have any confirmation from scripture that there was three of them. We'll talk about their gifts in just a minute. But we do know that they were there. We do know that they played an important part in this story. So these wise men went and they found the baby. And Jesus, when they found him, would have been days or weeks or months old. We're not sure. But what we do know is that they were still in Bethlehem. So these wise men went and they brought these gifts and laid them at the feet of Jesus. Kids, do you remember any of the gifts that the wise men brought to Jesus? What's one of the gifts that the wise men brought? Anybody? Any, any kids? Just shout it out. Yeah, yeah. Gold. Gold. I heard one over here. Shout it out again. Myrrh, gold and myrrh, and there's one kind of in between. Remember that? Frankincense, yes. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh were gifts that were brought to Jesus. They had tremendous value. They were highly prized commodities at that time. 
They brought them and they laid them at Jesus' feet. And that's where we get the whole concept of giving gifts at Christmas. Here God the Father gave the greatest gift in His Son Jesus to us at Christmas. And these wise men brought gifts to give to Jesus of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And that's where all this gift giving started around Christmas, right there. And now all over the world, people this week will give gifts to each other because... God gave us the gift of Jesus. These wise men gave gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. People will give each other Christmas presents. People who don't even believe in Jesus. People will give gifts to each other. People who don't even believe in God. There will be people who give gifts to each other that don't believe in anything. It will happen all over the place. It will happen at at office parties. It will happen with neighbors. It will happen with extended families. It will happen everywhere with all types of people. In fact, right in the places where the Lord's name will be taken in vain just a few moments before, they will give gifts, and whether they recognize it or not, they'll be giving gifts in the name of Jesus. This gift-giving started with God giving us His Son, Jesus, the wise men giving these gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. This morning I want to talk to us about the three gifts that you and I can give at Christmas. I don't know about you, but if God gave us His Son, the best gift in Jesus, I'd like to ask the question, what in the world would Jesus want from you this Christmas? What in the world would Jesus want from you this Christmas? What kind of gift do you give the Savior of the world? I mean, what does the Savior of the world want? Do you have anybody that you've been shopping for that's on your list that's hard to give gifts to? Do you have that person that when you think about what to get them, you don't know what to get them because they have everything? Oh, I could get them this. Uh, they probably have it. I could get them, I could get them that. Oh, I'm sure they, they already have that. They're hard to get things for because they have everything. Or it's that person on your list, they're so picky. Well, I... I don't even know what to get. I wouldn't know what color to get for them because they're very, very picky about what color. I, I don't know what size it would be because there's like half sizes and fractional sizes. And they, I just don't know what they would, would want. I don't know what to, to get for them. Oh, and you have some track record and evidence on this because in years past when you've given them a gift, they open it up and, and they don't say it in words, but you can see it on their face. They open it up as, oh, thank you. It's so nice. Where'd you get it? I mean, you know they're just going to take it back. They're hard to get for, and you're not quite sure. When Carrie and I find people like that on our, our shopping list, often I'm tempted just to give in and get a gift card and let them go shop and get whatever they want. I'll give them the chore of, of shopping for the Christmas gift. But what would Jesus want from you? I don't think he wants a gift card. And while it may be tough for us to think what would you and I get for the Savior of the world, I believe there's some hope and help for us today as we look at this. So I'm asking you today, what will you get for Jesus? Not like just metaphorically or, or everyone in the world, but Larry, what will you get for Jesus this year? Brent, what would, will you get for Jesus? Will it be the same thing that Ash gets for Jesus? Ash, what will you get for Jesus? Ryan, what will, what will you get for Jesus? It, will it be the same as what Dave gets? What will, it be, what, what will you get for Jesus? Has it crossed your mind? Is it something that you think about? Does it seem like a silly question? I think there's some hope for us here. Now let's come back to the Christmas story. 
Now we're going to see that these three gifts that the wise men gave would become very, very important to the story. We don't always think about this, but I believe it's very important to what took place in this real-life account. Remember, King Herod wanted to get rid of baby Jesus, and the wise men were warned not to go tell the king because he would kill baby Jesus. But when King Herod figured out that these wise men were not going to lead him to Jesus, he did a terrible thing. He had all of the the kids two years and younger killed, and and he was going to try to get rid of baby Jesus that way. And and then he would eliminate this threat that he felt like would take over his power and his throne. Now Joseph was was warned about this, so they they fled and they they escaped and they, they hid out in Egypt. Now, the scripture doesn't tell us that Mary and Joseph and, and Jesus had ever lived in Egypt. We don't have any reason to believe that they knew anybody there. Likely, they would be there all by themselves. So how would they have sustained themselves? How would they have hid there for all those many, many days? And how could they have sustained themselves? Could it, could it possibly be that it's these gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh that they could, could live off of the wealth of these gifts that were given? How exciting it is to me and how much joy it should bring to us that when we see that we are living out God's plan for us and God has a plan for us, He is always faithful to give us what we need to to provide for us to live out that plan. God the Father didn't just leave them there in Egypt. He provided a way for them to be sustained. Here, this great gift in Jesus met with these gifts of the wise men. They gave into God's plan and God blessed you and I, through the giving that they had. So I want to leave us this morning with three gifts that we can give to Jesus. And when we give these gifts to Jesus, it opens up the ability for Him to bless us, to work into our life, and to speak into our life personally. It will be purposefully, and it will be powerfully that will impact so many people around us. So what would really make Jesus happy for you to give Him? The first is this. And they're written down in your outline, and if if they weren't already filled in, you would be able to to guess them if you saw them. But but the first is this, give Jesus your past. All your sins, all your mess-ups, all your mistakes. Oh, Pastor Brady, I don't don't have any mess-ups. I don't have any sins, I don't have any regrets. Well, bless you, brother, and Merry Christmas to you. But really, if you don't have any need for forgiveness, if you don't have any need for mercy in your life, I hate to say it to you, but but it's true, even Jesus doesn't have much to say to you today. You see, Jesus came for the sick, not for the well. He came to, to seek and save those who were lost, not those who had everything pulled together. See, this precondition of Jesus helping you is for you and me to realize and to accept the need that we have for him. Scripture tells us that he resists the proud. People who say, don't judge me. Who are you to tell me that I've done anything wrong? Well, friend, no one will have a word for you. Even Scripture will not speak to you if that is where our heart is. You're on your own until you come to the place where you say, I I do have some regrets. There have been some things that I've said wrong, that I've done wrong, that I've thought that are wrong. I can see the need for forgiveness and mercy in my life. Then the Lord can begin to speak to you. Do you see anything in your life that is in your past that you regret? Anything in your past that you need forgiveness for? Anything in your past that you need mercy for? 
Now, kids, I, I promised you I need your help, and so here's the first place I need your help. There in that outline that you see, there, there's a place to draw a picture. And I want you to think of a time, boys and girls, when you were younger, like way younger than now, like last year, like way younger. And, and can you think of a time when you did something that was wrong? Maybe you disobeyed your parents. Maybe you said some things to some other kids that were not very nice. Maybe you took something that wasn't yours, something that you did that was wrong. Could you draw a picture right now in that box of something that you did that was wrong? And then maybe draw a picture of how that made you feel. How did you feel when you did that action wrong? And in just a few moments, I'm going to have a friend help me, and we're going to try to put some of your pictures up on the screen if you want to show them to us. So you work on that. Now they need to be a quick picture. If you're going to draw a picture for like 30 minutes, then you're going to miss the other picture. So, so quickly draw a picture. Can you think of something that you've done wrong like a long time ago, like really long, like a year ago? And, and think about something in your past. For the rest of us, we may look at an exercise of drawing a picture of what we've done wrong in our past as well. That, that's just for kids. But, but could we imagine in our mind's eye what it looks like of all the things that we've said and done wrong? What if I would invite you to come up here and as you stood on this platform, up on the screen would flash images of all the thoughts, of all the deeds, of all the actions that were wrong in your life. How long would you have to stand here to get through all those? What if we did it for every person in this room? Uh, how long would we be here for that to take? We'd be here for years, for decades. See, there is a past that we need forgiveness of. Now, why would this be a gift for Jesus? This is a pretty cruddy gift. Why would I give Jesus that Here's the thing that you need to know about Jesus. He loves forgiving people. He delights in mercy. He is God in human form. And he doesn't want you or me to be paralyzed by our past. Now, who is it in your life that uses your past? It's Satan. He's the accuser. Here's what the enemy does about your past. He helps you think of these pictures that the kids are drawing, of the things that you've said and done and thought that are wrong, and he pounds you with them over and over and over. Even when you've asked for forgiveness, he brings it up again and again and again and again. Well, if, if, if you would have, would have been a good Christian, like Pastor Bernie was talking about, you never would have done this or that or that. Over and over and over, he pounds you with your past. It's, it's condemnation. It's not only guilt, but it's shame. There's no joy, there's no peace, there's no hope, there's no love, over and over. Well, well Brady, I've, I've given the Lord my past a long time ago, and that's good for someone who's never given their past to Jesus. Friends, you can have given Jesus your past, but if you've lived life since then, you've got a new past. What I just said was in the past. What I just said right now was in the past. We're always creating a new past, and friends, we need to give our past to Jesus. It's a gift to him because he loves forgiving us. When we bring it to Jesus, he purifies it. He cleanses it. He brings forgiveness. He erases the effects of that past in our life. But Satan, he hangs on to it. He flashes it before you over and over and over again. Would you give Jesus your past today? Some part of your past. See, he delights in bringing freedom to you. 
These gifts that we're talking about bringing to Jesus, the Lord is going to take our gifts and he's going to work out something amazing. Just like God the Father did something amazing through these gifts that the three wise men brought, there was all kinds of hope and help for us to see what takes place. There is something that happens when we bring these gifts to Jesus at Christmas, knowing that he is the ultimate gift for us. Second, what if you would give Jesus your future? Now, now this isn't just, you know, like uh, It's a Wonderful Life movie or the uh, Christmas Carol by Dickens of this Christmas past and future. No, 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 no. This is real life stuff. What if you gave Jesus your future? This is a gift that he would love. What if you would say to Jesus, I've been trying to figure out my life. I've been trying to, to figure out what's going to happen and take place and trying to mastermind it, but I just keep hitting up against these brick walls. I get frustrated, and then I begin to worry about my future, and, and I don't think that I've, I've thought about it enough. I haven't, I haven't worked on it enough, and, and I, I begin to fret about what I will need, and, and I begin to, to be unsure about not just that, but every part of my future. Friend, what if you just gave Jesus your future, all of it. Today, he is asking you to give him your future. What would it mean to Jesus if you would give him your future? Oh, it would bless his heart. It would mean so much to Jesus. It would mean that you're trusting him. It would mean that you have given everything to Jesus. What he wants is your past. When you give him your past, he can cleanse it, purify it, heal it, and erase it. But he also wants your future so he can guide you in your future. Just like a parent cares for the future of their child, you better believe I care about the future of my daughter, Caden. I I care about where she's going to go to school next year. I care about who her friends are. I care about if she has food to eat. I care if she has clothes to keep her warm. That's why I constantly say, Caden, put on your coat. I want you to be warm. I bought it because I care about you. If I care about Caden, how much more does God the Father care about her? How much does God the Father care about you? He cares about your future. He cares about what's going to impact you. What if you would give him that future? Now, kids, how many of you have drawn something about your past? Something that you you did that wasn't good or you said that wasn't good? Raise your hand if you've you've drawn something. Anybody have something you've, you've drawn? Okay, very good. I've got my friend Stephen. Stephen, come help me. Is there anybody over here? Now, you don't have to. You may not want to, but if you want to share the picture that you drew, raise your hand. I want to just see. I want to see. You, you want to share, right? Okay, Stephen, come on over here. Can, can you show me your picture that you put here? And I want you to talk to me about it. Very good. Now, now Stephen's going to help put this up on the screen here. Can, tell, me, tell me what's going on here in this first picture. Can you tell me about it? What would you draw? You were taking a present, a present that wasn't yours, maybe? Yeah, yeah, I've done that before. Yeah. Now, did that happen a long time ago in your past? Yeah, yeah a long time ago. Like, like, how long ago was that? At least, oh my goodness, at least when you're three. That was like ages ago, ages ago. Very good. And so that's something you could think of in your past that you didn't do that was, that was right. And maybe we need forgiveness for that, right? I, I did. I needed forgiveness of that. That is awesome. Thank you for sharing that with me. Is there anybody else, any of our kids who want to share the picture of what you've, you've done over here? Okay, Stephen, come this way. See if we can maybe not make everybody sick. We'll, we'll try not to. But if you get motion sickness, close your eyes. 
we'll, we'll come over here. Very good. What, 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 what do you have on your picture? Oh, awesome. This one's in color. Amazing. Amazing. This is, this is great. So right here, talk to me about this picture. Now, this is good. My memory's short, so I'm going to see if I can help everybody hear this. So the orange lines around, we don't know if we can see them, is you're angry and you're having an argument with one of your friends over playing capture the flag. Yeah? And, and am I picking up that maybe you said some things that you didn't feel like were very kind? Yeah. I've done that, too. I've done that, too. And so those are some things in your past. Now, how long ago did that happen? Last year, forever ago, long time ago. Very good. All right, so that's a good example of things in our past that maybe we could give to Jesus. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, we're going to look at some more, but, but let's continue on. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, we, we now, kids, I want you to look at the next box there of, of giving to Jesus our future. Now, I want you to imagine with me, kids, what do you think you will look like when you grow up? What do you think you'll look like? Will you be tall? Will you be short? Will you have hair on the top of your head or not? Will you have long hair? Will you have short hair? Will you have glasses? Will you not have glasses? What do you think you'll look like? And then the second part of this picture, what would you hope to be when you grow up? Do you want to be a teacher? Would you like to be a builder? Would you like to be a policeman? Would you like to work in a store? Would you like to be a mom? Would you like to be a dad? Would you draw a picture for me of your future, what you would like to be, what you think you'll look like? And we'll come back to that in just a minute. Grown-ups, moms and dads, the rest of us, we draw pictures all the time of what we would like our future to be. We think of all the time of what we would hope things would turn out like. And we begin to see that the picture is not coming into focus the way that we had thought. We begin to worry. We begin to fret. Could we give God our future? If we give God our future, we could recognize that He knows so much more than what we know. He has a beautiful plan for your life. It's a plan that is the best plan for your life. Give Him your past and giving Him your future. But we cannot do those two things. The third one is this, giving Jesus today. Give Him what today? Could you give Jesus who you are today? Could you give Jesus who you are not today? Could you give Jesus what is working in your life today? Could you give Him what's not working in your life? Could you give Him where you feel strong today or where you feel weak today? Could you give Him the things that you have? Could you give Him the things that you lack? Could you give Jesus today the things that you crave, that you want, that you long for? Could you give Him the things that you are fretful about, that you you loathe, that you don't want to have? Could you give Him today? He will love receiving the gift of your today. Friends, God is here today. Jesus is here right now. We are to give a gift to Jesus of our past. To give a gift to Jesus of our future. Kids, in just a minute, I'm going to give you a chance to show me a picture of what you drew about what you think you'll look like and and what you hope to do. But as you're finishing up that picture, I want to ask you to help me with one more picture. Our final picture. I want you to think about one thing that happened this week 
that you thought was great, was awesome, was really, really good, something that happened this week that you really, really liked. And then the box right below it, that's the, the final box, I think it says 3B, could you write in that box a picture, draw a picture of something that happened this week that you didn't like, that was not your favorite, it was not very good. We're going to look at what's happening in your life right now that we could give to the Lord. Now sometimes, friends, we don't, we don't really like to articulate what's happening right now. We live so much in the past, we live so much in the future, that we cannot even really get to giving Jesus our past or giving Jesus our future until we can understand what's happening today and surrender that to Jesus today. Brady, that sounds good. That's kind of cute we're doing this to the kids, but I'll do that tomorrow. I've kind of heard this before, and I'll do that another don't put it off to tomorrow. I was thinking this morning about all the people in our lives who over the last 12 months, they were with us physically, but now they've gone on to be with the Lord. They're no longer with us here today. Now some of those, they passed on from an illness that we saw coming. Others was a, was a tragedy, a crisis that we had no idea. But no matter what happened, it was always too soon. None of us felt like it was the right time or the the chosen time that we would choose. None of us knew exactly when it would take place. And and what if we don't have a tomorrow? Well, I'll give Jesus my today tomorrow. You may not have tomorrow. You may not have that. And when you and I give these gifts to Jesus, it opens up a door for Him to bring blessings upon us. In fact, we can't even receive this great gift of Jesus to us until we give Him our past, until we give Him our future, until we give Him our today. Kids, is there any of you that have a picture of what you would like to, or what you think you'll look like, or what you'd like to be when you grow up and you want to show it to me? Anybody? Raise your hand if you'd like that. Okay, Stephen, I need your help again. I've I've got a friend right over here. You don't have to share. I've got two right over here. We'll do these two. Very good. You want to show me your picture? Okay. All right, this is about your future, so, so talk to me about this picture here, Preston. Well, that's me, and I'll be a prosthetic doctor, and that's somebody in a wheelchair that I'm helping. Very good, in case people couldn't hear you. That's you, and you want to be a prosthetic doctor, and you're helping someone in a wheelchair. That's a pretty good drawing. That's awesome. And I've noticed that you feel like you're going to have hair on the top of your head. That's great. <laughs> I'm jealous. Very good. Thank you, Preston. Good job. Thank you. Very good. That's what you'd like to be. Let's come over here. Did you want to share your picture? All right. Awesome. Oh, very good. Can you talk to me? Can I hold it? Is that allowed? Can I hold it? Okay, we'll hold it right here. Uh, tell me what, what you'd like to be when you grow up. A firefighter. A firefighter. That is awesome. Very cool. And is this a fire truck right here? Mm-hmm. And maybe a ladder? Yeah, two ladders. Two ladders. You're going to be a firefighter with two ladders? That's amazing. And a really cool fire hat? I like that. And you're smiling because you think that may make you happy, huh? Yeah? Very good. Can I give you your picture back? All right. Thank you for helping me. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Now, kids, is there any of you who have had time to draw a picture yet of, of something that happened good this week? Or something that, that wasn't good this week that you'd like to share? Is that your hand up or is your brother putting your hand up for you? You stretching? You, you want to share it? No, not so much? Yeah, you do? Okay. All right, Stephen, we have one more over here. You don't have to, but if you want to. Okay. So um, 
why don't you tell me about this? And Stephen's going to put it up on, on the picture, or on the, what that thing's called, the screen for us. <laughs> Forgot what it's called. Talk to me about your picture. You've been playing this game for a long time, yeah? And I was recording like a video of me playing it, and then I got 60K, which is like really hard to get. You were recording a video of you playing this game, and you got 60K, which is really hard to get. And so that was a really good thing, right? That is awesome. And that happened this week? You were amazing. Can I do that? Is that cool? Is that not cool anymore? I'll try to do that. Okay. Very good. Awesome. Very good. And did you have another picture of something that was not good, or is that the same picture of what was good? Oh, that is good. New high score. Amazing. That's, that's really good. Awesome. Thank you. That's something that's happening right now in your life. Very good. Very good. And, and we have one more friend over here. You want to share a picture of something that's happened in your life this last week? Right away, we'll come back here. Your, your pictures are so famous, I can't show them twice because then people are going to want to buy them. It's going to be a mess. We'll have a long line. So just hang on to it. Okay? Very good. We'll come right here. All right. All right. We'll just put it right here. And can you talk to me about your picture? Okay, your picture is you made a new card game this week, yeah? yeah? And it's really fun. It's really fun. And you were the inventor of this card game. Yes. Did, did the family play this game with you? Uh-huh. Awesome. And, and, then, and you, this was a really good thing that happened this week, right? Yes. Now I have to ask, did you win at the game? Yes. Awesome. Yes. Way to go. That's my favorite thing, too. I will make up games until I win. I'll change the rules. That's very good. That is a really cool thing that happened this week. That's, that's like right now going on in your life. Thank you. That's awesome. We'll give you your picture back. Thank you, guys. Whether you walk through an exercise of drawing pictures of what your past looked like, what your vision of the future may be, or things that are happening right now, we have an opportunity to give Jesus what he really, really wants this Christmas. Some of us may not have even really thought about it. Some of us, when we saw the outline, ah, oh, past, future, present, it's the wonderful life, Christmas carol. No, 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 this is a Jesus thing. This is what Jesus would long for to receive from you. And it's tied to what he has given you in relationship to himself. See, to receive Jesus is to say, Jesus, I want you to come in my life and I'm going to give you everything in my life. You can have everything in my life. I'm going to give you my past, all the things that I've said and done wrong. I'm going to give you my future, hopes and dreams and fears and all those things. And I'm going to give you even today. Now, there's many of us in this room that made that decision a long time ago. But I want to suggest that Christmas is coming and Jesus would love to receive another gift from you. You've had some past that has happened between when you accepted Christ for the first time and now. It may just be your awareness of how much you desperately need Him. It may be your past and you're pretty proud, ouch, that hurt, and excited of what it is that you've accomplished in your life. And Jesus, I want to give you the past of me being too excited about myself. Uh, Jesus, this Christmas, I want to give you what it is I'm hoping for, what it is I'm scared of. And I can't get to those two things until I'm willing to do it today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for my friends and their great attention to this, your Christmas story. Lord, as I think about all the divine activity 